Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. As I wrap up this series of the benefits of a thankful heart, my heart is overflowing with thankfulness for the ways that God has blessed my family this year. This past week, He blessed us beyond measure with the trip of a lifetime to New York City. And I want to encourage you today to don't give up on your dreams. Trust God to bring them to pass. He is so faithful, and He's no respecter of persons. If He did this for us, He will do it for you. You know, I want to brag on my daddy God for just a moment and thank Him for His goodness to me. And He made a way for us to have a blessing of a trip of a lifetime. All we had to do was take a step of faith and say yes. You know, while on this trip, God blessed us in many ways. But for me, He fulfilled a hidden desire in my heart. I realized that this dream that I had had for more than 30 years and that I only imagined one day would come to pass, it was coming to pass right before my eyes. You know, I didn't remember that I had that secret desire of seeing snow being whipped and swirled between tall skyscrapers until I was standing in that very moment and looked up and saw it. It was so amazing. And God blessed me with that. He orchestrated the whole trip ahead of time. And then he orchestrated that very moment of having to walk from one theater to another. I wasn't upset whenever I found out our tickets had been canceled. I just said, God, I know this is part of your plan. And I'm just going to rejoice and be thankful that I'm here. And I believe because I didn't get upset. And because I just said, God, thank you for taking care of us. That in that 15 minute walk from one theater to another. As I looked up, I saw his hand a blessing upon us. He said, here, this is just for you. I want to bless you with this special gift because I know that you'd enjoy it. It was a desire of my heart and he blessed me with that. Now, this trip was a desire of my husband's heart for a long time. He would sit and watch the Macy's Day Parade every year, every year that I have known him. And even long before I met him, he told me that he would sit and watch the parade and think one day, I want to go watch that parade live. Well, this trip blessed my husband with the desire of his heart, and it also allowed our daughters to experience the cultures of New York City. However, in the process, I was so blessed as I got to watch them be blessed. And this is just, this is scriptural. You know, Proverbs eleven twenty five in the Passion Translation tells us, Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. You know, this is exactly what God did for me. So as I talk about the benefits of a thankful heart today, I want to share about our expectation or our hope when it comes to praying. From what I've just shared, I hope that you realize it's never too late for your dreams to come to pass. So I ask you today, what are you expecting God to do for you today? What are you hoping and praying will come to pass? Well, whatever it is, as you continue to focus on it, you will have a manifestation of your expectation. Let's look at Romans 4.18. It tells us, 
Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Another example of choosing hope and expecting a good report or not settling or settling for a bad report is found in Numbers 13, where Moses sent the twelve spies into the promised land to check it out, and then come back and tell them what they found. Ten of the spies came back with a bad report, but Caleb and Joshua came back with a positive report. Just like in Moses' time, we have to choose whose report we'll believe. Our response to a bad report is critical because it determines the final outcome of our situation. Let's look at a couple different men and see how they handled negative situations and how they changed their outcome. The first example is Jehoshaphat. Now, he received a bad report, and as we all know, a negative report can take your breath away. It can make you step back when it catches you off guard. In Second Chronicles 20, verses 3 through 22, Jehoshaphat's response to the coming attack teaches us several lessons about hope and expectations that we can apply to our lives today as we pray. Now, I'm just going to highlight and paraphrase this passage, but you can go back and read it later. I'm going to start in verse 3, where it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, although he was afraid, Jehoshaphat knew where to turn for his help. With any bad report, fear will come and it'll try to minister to you. But the word tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that with every temptation comes a way of escape. So we have to choose to respond in faith instead of choosing to respond in fear. Now, as we read on in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9, it tells us that we find a promise that fits our case, and then we stand on that promise, using it as the basis for our prayers. In verse 11, we see that we base our prayers on that same promise, so we claim our inheritance, we stand our ground, and we resist all temptation to give up. We see in verse 15 that it tells us to turn the battle over to God. And finally, in verses 21 and 22, we praise God for the victory before it happens. After Jehoshaphat went through this process, he and his army went to the place that overlooked the desert. They saw three armies that had come to attack them. They had turned on each other, and everyone was dead. It took Jehoshaphat and his men three days to gather all the spoils from the enemies that had come to destroy him. That's what I'm talking about. That is covenant. Then, on the fourth day, they went back to the temple, and they celebrated their victory again. This is an example of how we win our battles. It may look like that we're surrounded by the enemy, but we're actually surrounded by God and his angels as we praise him in the process of our battles. You know, the world would tell us that a bad report is the definitive statement of fact. But as a Christian, we have a covenant with God and we can reverse an evil report because God's word is our final authority on any matter. Now, the second example that I want to share with you is about Paul as he's writing to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 1, Paul is praising God to the church, and I'm going to paraphrase this again for you. He's telling them that God is the Father of compassion and that He will comfort them in their troubles so that they can in turn comfort others in their troubles. 
with the same compassion that they received from God. Then Paul goes on to tell them that they can have patient endurance to share in the same sufferings and comfort that Paul experienced, being able to help others do the same thing. Paul went on to explain that they were under great pressure, far beyond their ability to endure it, and they despaired, which means that they lost hope or that they were without hope of life itself. They despaired of life itself, and they felt they had received the death sentence. Is that you today? Do you feel like you've received a death sentence? If you haven't, then listen to this and help someone else. Paul realized that this had happened to them so that they would rely on God and not themselves. In verse 10, Paul tells the Corinthians that God delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, he will deliver us. Now, Jehoshaphat and Paul both knew that they could put their expectation their hope, and their trust in God. The same battle plan that worked for them it will work for us today. Isn't that good news? Proverbs twenty-three eighteen tells us, Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Our expectation or our hope is what we anchor our faith onto when we pray. You know, the word expectation has the same definition as the word hope, which is, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So if you're not in faith, the first thing to do is to locate where your hope or your expectation is of what you want to come to pass. And the best place to find your expectation or your hope is in the Word of God. Let's look at Colossians 2.7 in the Amplified Bible. It says, Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him, fixed and founded in Him, being continually built up in Him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. As you build up your faith, you will be convinced that if God has turned a situation around for just one other person, that He will do it for you because He loves you that much. Second Chronicles 16.9 tells us, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. God is looking for people with faith because the only thing that He honors or the only thing that moves Him is our faith. He finds us here in the earth by our faith-filled words. Our address in heaven is located by our voice that is lifted up in faith-filled words, and that's what gets God's attention. 2 Corinthians 3.12 tells us that therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. You know, as I was preparing this message, I just had a visual of Jesus looking for his children here on the earth, and he was listening for our voices, voices that were saying the same things that he said. And then when he heard those voices, when he heard our words of faith, he stopped looking. And then he moved the Holy Spirit and his angels into action for us so that they could accomplish what our faith-filled words were calling forth. Isn't that exciting? I got so excited. You know, when we take the same steps that Jehoshaphat did, when we stay in faith and we have an earnest expectation to win, we will see victory in our lives. We don't have to stop. We don't have to give up. Philippians 1.20 reminds us that according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, 
whether by life or by death. We see that an expectation not only gives us boldness, but it also gives us joy and peace. Romans 15.13 in the Amplified Bible tells us, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. So whatever you're expecting God to do for you today, whatever you're hoping and praying will come to pass, as you continue to focus on it, you will have a manifestation of your expectation. And then you'll be filled with joy and with peace. You know, I want to make this more personal for you today. And I want to share an example that my pastor gave us several years ago that changed our lives. And I believe this is for someone listening today. You know, the Christmas season of giving has already started. You know, the moment we finished Thanksgiving dinner that evening, the Thanksgiving Day sales began. The Black Friday sales and the Cyber Monday sales are all calling out to us. Buy this, buy this, you need this. Well, I'm just going to be real with you here for a minute because I want to give you hope. You know, there was a time in our lives when we couldn't buy Christmas gifts for our family. And as my nieces and their cousins were sitting around the table looking at the Black Friday ads and so excited about what they were going to go buy, I was really dreading Christmas because we didn't have the finances to be a blessing to the people that I wanted to be a blessing to. Then God moved us. We changed churches. And I'm so thankful for pastors that told us the truth. And they shared the power that's made available to us when we release our faith-filled words. So as we close out this month in November and being thankful and everything that's associated with Thanksgiving, and we enter this month of December, which is known ultimately as the month and the season of giving, now is the time to change what we're confessing. Now's the time to start confessing. This is going to be the best Christmas we've ever had. All of our needs are met and we have more than enough to be a blessing to others. You know, I I couldn't say that. I didn't even know to say that until our pastors stood up in front of us and they said, now's the time. Now's the time to start saying, this is going to be the best Christmas we've ever had. And by making this faith confession, we chose to believe the good report of the Word of God. And it's the same with you. As you begin making this faith confession, you're going to release your expectation and your hope. That hope is going to be what what moves God's hand. That hope and that faith. And God will do exactly what you're believing and what you're confessing to do. Okay, you may ask, well, how do you you know this, Lucia? Well, let me tell you. It comes back to the Word. It's because Isaiah 55, 11 tells us it worked for God, so it'll work for us. I want to read this verse in a couple different translations. The New Living Translation tells us, It is the same with my Word. This is what God is saying. I sent it out, and it will produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It's the same with your word. Your words will prosper. Let's look at the New American Standard Version. It says, So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So as you send out your faith-filled words, always remember to take a few minutes to be thankful. Thank God for who He is and what He does for you. Thank Him for what He's going to do for you. And remember, God has got great plans for you. 
plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I just want to remind you that God is not mad at you. He is mad about you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Hallelujah. He is so good. I want to invite you to visit my website, luciaclaiborne.com, for more resources that will help you live the victorious life that God created you to walk in every day. So until next week, when we meet again, I pray you have an awesome week. I speak blessings over you this week. I speak increase over you this week. And I declare that as you enter this month of December and the time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that this will be the best Christmas that you have ever experienced.